33, verses 12 to 22. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he chose for his inheritance. From heaven the Lord looks down and sees all mankind. From his dwelling place he watches all who live on earth, he who forms the hearts of all, who considers everything they do. No king is saved by the size of his army. No warrior escapes by his great strength. A host is a vain hope for deliverance. Despite all its great strength, it cannot save. But the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him, on those whose hope in his unfailing love, to deliver them from death and keep them alive in famine. We wait in hope for the Lord. Here is our help and our shield. In Him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in His holy name. May your unfailing love be with us, Lord, even as we put our hope in You. This is the word of the Lord. This morning we are very grateful to have Reverend Gabriel Ling to preach to us. This is a blessed nation. A very uh, good morning to Reverend Lenita uh, and uh, Pastor Ting. Uh, just now I saw you and also the rest of our brothers and sisters in Christ who are worshipping at FMC this morning. Um, and uh, as uh, I mentioned just now, uh, I'm, this is the first time that I'm, uh, actually the second time because the first time was this morning. Right? So this is the second time in my whole life that I'm uh, preaching through Zoom, all right? And uh, just want to thank Reverend Lenita for making this happen. The scriptural and also the sermon title that was given to me <clears throat> is uh, about nation, right? This is a blessed nation or net a blessed nation. And the scripture is taken from Psalm 33 as of uh, what Brother David read for us just now. I understand that FMC, you are going through a sermon series on the theme of nation. All right. So when we talk about nation, when we think about Malaysia, when we think about politics, I think we can agree that many things have happened for the past few years, right? Especially last year and this year. Okay. For last year and this year alone, we have changed, or rather not we changed, but our government changed twice. Remember that? Um, and then we talk about politics and with SOP apply, right? We talk about politics when we meet each other or when we Zoom, you know, and as we talk about Malaysian politics, I think often at times we will be, you know, reaching a point where we grieve for the future of Malaysia. Uh, that happened quite a lot to myself and some of the church members or friends that I, you know, talk with. So I believe it's, it's the same with you all. But today, that's not what we do. Today, we are not doing chit-chatting over uh, uh, tea or just, you know, talk about politics. But today, this morning, we will open up the Word of God, especially from Psalm 33, verses 12 to 22. And we take a biblical perspective at politics. We take a look from a biblical perspective at politics. Um, we want to ask for the Holy Spirit to illuminate us as we look at our nation and we see Malaysia from a godly perspective, from God's eternal perspective. Now let us uh, go right into the verse, uh, verse 12. It says here, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people 
he chose for his inheritance. Look at the verse, and I think that the Americans, they will say amen to that verse very easily. Why? Because at least in the American US dollars note, they have this printed, in God we trust, right? In God we trust. So yeah, the Americans will look at this verse and say, of course, you know, US is the nation whose God is the law because in God we trust. Now, of course, we understand that verse 12 is not really talking about America, right? It's not really talking about US, but Israel. But what we, we can be certain of is that the Americans find it easy to say amen to the verse just now because at least the official religion of the United States is what? Is Christianity, right? That is still true even today. But as we turn and look at Malaysia, um, we struggle, right? As Malaysians, do we think that God is really the God of our nations? Do we really think that Malaysia is really that blessed nation whose God is the Lord? I suppose we often struggle to say that. Why? Because when we think about Malaysia, when we think about the official religion of Malaysia, we know that it is not Christianity. So what? So does it mean that, um, you know, since the official religion is not Christianity, then we cannot apply the verse? Uh, it means uh, Psalm 33 has nothing to do with us? I don't think so, right? Now, come to think about this. The verse says, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And we know exactly which nation the verse is talking about. You know the answer is Israel, right? <clears throat> but the question is, is God really the God of Israel? Is God really the God of Israel? If you read through the Old Testament, if you have a bit of um, knowledge about you know, the history of uh, Israel, you would know that not Every Israelites are obedient before the Lord. Am I right? If you read through the Old Testament accounts, you will know exactly what I'm talking about. For example, in the Old Testament, we see how the Israelites disobey God over and over again. God brought them out from the slavery in Egypt, right? And God wanted to bring them uh, to the promised land. But in the process they complain, right? They complain, no food, huh? you know, no, actually not not food, huh? but not nice food. Huh? They complain this and complain that. God warned them against idolatry worship, but they dive right in. God sent prophets to them to proclaim a message of judgment and the need to repent. But, you know, they disregard the warning and they went in the exact opposite of that warning. Right? So it's very obvious that Israelites as a whole, they are not really faithful in following God. In fact, they are just so rebellious. So it may be rather not convincing as we relook at the verse here and we think about the history of uh, you know, Israel. It may not be too convincing to say that God is the God of Israel because the people or they are, they are just not faithful. They are just rebellious. 
But you look at the verse, the later half of verse 12 tells us the reason why God is the God of Israel. It says here, the people he, God, chose for his inheritance. Oh, God is the God of Israel because God said so. God is the God of Israel because God decided so. God raised up leaders among them out of his own will. Our God is a sovereign and almighty God. God cares more than us for our nation, right? But God is higher than our nation. God is the God who is above everything. Amen? The rest of the things are created. Only God is God. God is above everything. Now, I I invite you to imagine yourself to be one of the Israelites who were in Egypt, you know, under slavery, work day and night, and you have no freedom whatsoever. Or maybe you imagine yourself to be one of the uh, Israelites who were exiled to Babylon, okay? And you lost your homeland, you lost your beloved families. Um, Of course, you also lost your freedom. What would you be feeling? What would you be thinking? Under such a difficult uh, circumstances, right, situation, what would you be thinking? My brothers and sisters in Christ, I think when we are trapped in a difficult situation, honestly, it is very hard to believe that God is still in control, right? But the Bible clearly tells us that God is a sovereign and almighty God. God is sovereign and almighty. Our God is a God of all nations, not just Israel, but also Malaysia. Not just Malaysia, but even North Korea, right? So God is the God of all nations because he is above every nations. Remember God said to Pharaoh through Moses, right? God said, I raise you up for this purpose that I might display my power in you and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. God was above Pharaoh, right? The Israelites were under slavery in Egypt, but God said he was the one who raised up Pharaoh for that purpose of deliverance, to demonstrate his almighty power. God is also the God who so-called raised up the kingdom of Babylon to execute his judgment. If you like, you can say God allowed that to happen. But what I mean is that God is a sovereign God. God is an almighty God. God is a God who is above every kings, right? Every kings throughout the time of the history of humanity, God is above all these kings and all these strong nations, right? Strong or weak, God is above all. So today, whatever happens surrounding us, including the political situation of our nation of Malaysia, above all this, God is still seated on his throne, right? God is still in control. God is still um, ruling, seated on his throne. But the question is, what is God doing? (laughs) God is in control, all right? But what is he doing? Now, let us look at verses 13 to 14. It says here, from heaven, the Lord looks down and sees all mankind. From his dwelling place, he watches all who live on 
earth. That's what God is doing. You know, the word in verse 13 here looks, it has a, in the root word, it has a meaning of looking intensely. You know, when you go for window shopping, like, you know, some of you like to go for in Kuching, right? There, there, there are a lot of shopping malls. Let's say you walk into Viva City, right? And uh, you do window shopping. So you just look here, look there, look up, look down, you know, you just anyhow look. But here, this looks is not the kind of looking, just looking at different direction anyhow. No, that's not the case here. Here, the Lord looks intensely. The Lord looks closely. Verse 13 says, from heaven, heaven is where God, you know, the, the image of him seated on the throne. From heaven, the Lord looks down. The Lord watches intensely at all mankind. Verse 14, the Lord looks down from his dwelling place and he watches, I add in, intensely all who live on earth, including who? All who, who live on earth, including, my friends, including our politicians. God is watching closely every living being on earth, including our politicians. My friends, you and I, we know the situation of Malaysia, right? Especially the political arena. It's quite uh, disappointing sometimes if you follow the news, the political news. And from time to time, we hear things like, you know, this who and who suspected of mis misusing a government fund to buy luxurious, uh, uh, you know, jewelries uh, and bags and stuff like that. This another politician was suspected of uh, making some government affiliated company to, you know, to pay for the, uh, the, the cars, the lux luxurious uh, cars that he had. And uh, this who and who took bribe for the government project, stuff like that, you know, just, it, it's just too too many, this kind of news, and it makes us uh, uh, feel like, you know, we, we are so sad about it, we are depressed about it. Yeah, but what is even more depressing than this news is that we feel like we can't do anything about it at all. You know, there's nothing we can do. We At least that's what we feel, right? We feel like there's nothing we can do about the political situation in Malaysia because we are not some legislative bodies. We are not the judge. We are not the one who has the power to catch those uh, wicked politicians. We have no authority whatsoever to uh, prove them wrongs, you know. In, and in fact, a lot of these politicians, some of them are brought before the court for the crimes that they have committed, but they seem to have their ways out eventually, some of them, right? Not all of them, but many of them are like that. So honestly, if it is up to us, we would like to you know, put an end to this. We would like to execute judgment uh, for God, you know, upon them. And sometimes we look at the political arena of Malaysia and we see what the book of Ecclesiastes uh, painted, you know, uh, vanity. What, what is um, the righteous ones? You know, it says here, the righteous who get what the wicked deserve. Those who are righteous, but they... That, you know, they get what the wicked deserves. And those who are wicked, they get what the righteous deserve. This is what we see sometimes in the political arena of Malaysia. And we wonder how come these wicked and evil politicians are still so influential in their political career path. And how come those who are more 
you know, slightly more righteous leaders, politicians, they, they, they don't end well. For example, our, you know, previous uh, CM, Adinan, our beloved Adinan, and, you know, he, he died um, untimely, I would say. And we scratch our head and we, we, we lament about it. We cried about it. We may not really cry, but we cry inside our hearts. You know what I mean? So we are seemingly losing hope for Malaysia. That's how we look at Malaysia a lot of times. My brothers and sisters in Christ, may the word of God this morning speak to us. That our God is a God who is above all this, above all that I have described to you just now, the political situation of Malaysia and some other things that happen to us. God is above all this. God is still in control. God is in control by what? By keeping watch over everyone, and I say including our politicians. Verse 15, he who forms the hearts of all who considers everything they do. You know, this verse reminds us that our God sees beneath the surface. God sees the heart. God knows every hidden secret. Right? There's no secrets you can hide from God, by the way. God knows every hidden thoughts in the world. And so even though some of our politicians, they may have their way out from the justice in the courts of Malaysia, but they can't run away from the eternal court of God. You know what I'm talking about? Because in eternity, there's still another court and their court is higher, much higher than any courts in the world today. God will bring about justice in his own time. Even though we don't have enough power or authority to so-called prosecute our politicians, those wicked ones, God knows their mind and their hearts, right? God knows exactly what crimes they have committed, what people they have killed, you know? So God will eventually, but definitely God will bring his judgment upon them. There's a saying that goes like this, the meals of God green slowly, refers to the notion of slow but certain, okay, slow but certain divine retribution, divine judgment, if you like to put it that way, divine um, justice. Our God is not just an almighty God. He is also a just God. All right, an almighty God meaning he's above all, right? He can do anything he wants. But a just God means that he is the one, he is the God who will bring about justice. That is who our God is. He will definitely, and he has that capacity, that capability to bring about justice. Even though you and I, we often feel like we are helpless, we can't do much, you know, about the depressing situation in Malaysia, we have to remember that God is the ultimate judge. If our politicians are wicked, even though they can you know, still be wicked and they live a decent life on earth, but we can be sure that one day, okay, that one day, there will be this day coming, all right? Because we believe in Jesus, we know we read the book of Revelation, we know that one day there will be a big and terrible judgment in eternity, the big court in heaven 
where they cannot run away. All right? Verses 16 to 17, no king is saved by the size of his army. No warrior escapes by his great strength. A horse is a vain hope for deliverance despite all its great strength. It cannot save. Now, armies and horses are the symbol of strength when it comes to war, especially in the ancient time. Now, today we talk about nuclear warhead. Like how many, which nation has the most nuclear warhead? But that's not how they talk about army last time. In the ancient uh, you know, time, they used army and also horses or rather soldiers and, and uh, horses okay, to measure the strength of their army force. Right? says a nation plans to go for war. So the king will sit down, right? And then he will count. He will, maybe not him himself counting, but he will definitely need to find out how many soldiers he has, right? And how many chariots or horses that he can deploy. He must first sit down and do the calculation first. For example, a nation with 10,000 10, soldiers would not want to be in clash with another nation of 100,000 soldiers. It is just common sense, right? You don't fight with a king who has like 10 times the number of soldiers that you, you have. So there's common sense. There's logic, right? There's common logic. But this common sense, this common logic is not the weight of God. This is not true in the eyes of God. Verse 16 says, no king is saved by the size of his army. Verse 17, a horse is a vain hope for deliverance. My brothers and sisters in Christ, what are the armies, or rather the soldiers and horses in our lives today? Think about that. What are the armies or horses in your life today? Perhaps without realizing that ourselves, I think, Sometimes we have put our hope, our sure hope, on some outstanding politicians out there. All right. We fix our eyes upon this rising star. You know, this one is not bad. You know, this politician's rising star. Oh, this one is more righteous. Okay. We, we prefer um, to put our hope on certain people. All right. Who appear to be more righteous, certain political parties. But the word of God reminds us that only God himself is our sure hope of deliverance. Now, I'm not saying that you should not care about the characters of the politicians. Huh? Of course, now you have to look at their, their walk, right? You have to look at their characters so that during the election time, you know who you want to vote for, right? So you have to first examine the politicians before you cast your vote. But the point here this morning is that don't forget that only God is fully trustworthy, all right? Only God is fully trustworthy. There's no one on the surface of earth who is like God himself. There are no other leaders who are as mighty, as sovereign, as just as our God. Some of our friends, especially those uh, non-Christians, they may talk about politics and they may have put their hope on this political party, on their politicians, you know. But for us Christians, we must remember that we first put our hope, our sure hope on 
God alone. He alone is our source of the hope of eternity that transcends time. All right? Verses 18 to 19. But the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him and those whose hope is in his unfailing love to deliver them from death and keep them alive in famine. My guess is, is this. Um, in Malaysia, most of you here are like me, right? Uh, what do I mean by that? We don't have much special privilege based on our ethnicity. And you know exactly what I'm talking about, so I'm not going to elaborate, right? We don't have much privilege based on our ethnicity. We sometimes wait and wait and wait for some policies, you know, to be changed or, or, or some, uh, um, you know, package to be given that will benefit us as well. But a lot of times they don't come, right? Now, verse 18 and verse 19 tells us that not only the eyes of God fell upon those who are wicked. Remember that? His eyes are upon those who fear him as well, those who hope in him. And it says here that, that God will deliver his people from death and keep them alive in famine. We see an interesting contrast here in Psalm 33. Earlier on, we see how the eyes of God was upon every living being on earth watching intensely what they are doing, including our politicians. Remember that God hold the evil ones accountable. But over here, right, the parallel is that God's eyes also fall upon his people who trust in him so that God keep watch over them. Verse 19 tells us that in this life, there, there are dangers of death, dangers of famine, okay? But God looked after those who hope in him, my friends. As Christians, we have to fix our hope upon God. God provides for us our daily necessity. As I said, you know, uh, often at times we, we may also look at our government, right? We may also look at this uh, state or, you know, central government. And, and then we, we expect some help. We expect some aids, especially for those of us who, who struggle with uh, little, right? So we also wish that we have that fair shares of resources, but they don't come often. Now, my brothers and sisters in Christ, we need to learn to be dependent upon God. Our God doesn't just provide us with salvation. You know, you trust in Jesus for salvation. That's right, right? But our God is not just a God that provides us with salvation. He provides us, as the Lord's Prayer uh, says, you know, He provides us with daily bread, right? Daily necessities. God looks after those who fear Him, those who cling unto Him, those who have hope in Him. That's who our God is. Verse 20, we wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. You know, to wait in hope for the Lord is not easy. Why? Because in order to wait for the Lord, you first need to be able to trust. Okay? You need to trust before you can wait. You need to be able to see things from God's eternal perspective. Often at times, we limit what God can do to the amount of times that we have in this lifetime. You and I, we, 
I think not many of us are going to live more than 100 years old, uh, huh? including myself. So we are going to be here. Our lifetime is about a few decades, right? And we see places throughout our whole life, we see places where justice um, should be executed. And so we expect that, you know, we see crimes here, we expect justice. We see wrongdoings here, we expect justice. And oftentimes we expect justice immediately. You know, we want it now. In fact, we don't just want it now. We want to see it with our own eyes, right? If can, we want to buy the, the front seat. We want to be seated there and to see the execution happening if, if, if it is up to us, right? My friends, we need to have a perspective of eternity. You and I, we are mere mortals. Our lifetime is limited a few decades, but our God is an eternal God. God has what? God has eternity, Deal with the things that concern justice and judgment. Think about that. Verse 20 says, we wait in hope for the Lord, right? So in general, as I say, we don't like to wait, right? Honestly, I also don't like to to, to wait. Sometimes I feel like waiting wastes my time. But here, wasting for the, sorry, waiting for the Lord doesn't, uh, you know, doesn't waste our time. It's not a waste of time. It is worth every moment of our life to wait upon the Lord. Here, the context is about waiting for the Lord. Sometimes we are tested about getting an answer from God. You know, we pray and we want immediate response. We ask for things and we want immediate uh, gratification. (laughs) We want things to happen immediately. But the verse reminds us the importance of waiting. Uh, in hope for the Lord. We wait for the Lord because we can trust Him. We can trust Him because He is our sure help and our shield. God is all-knowing, everlasting. He is just, and He cares for Malaysia more than you and I, right? But God has His own plan for Malaysia. But as for us, the people, the people of God, our assignment is to wait And of course, in our waiting, I'm not saying that, you know, you just wait and do nothing about it. In our waiting, we pray. Of course, you know that. In our waiting, we pray and we uphold Malaysia. Okay, you you can uphold your family, right? But the context this morning is a nation, right? You uphold Malaysia in our prayer. We pray for Malaysia. Remember, Israelites, um, not all of them are obedient before the Lord. And in fact, if you look at Americans, even though early on I say that um, it's easy for them to say, Amen, you know, our nation in God we trust. But you look at the situation there, you know that, that a lot of them are not faithful to God, right? A lot of them are not really uh, true Christians anymore. But also throughout the history of um, the Israelites, you also see a group of people who continue to stay faithful. Am I right? Yeah, even though a lot of them are disobedient, a lot of them are rebellious, but there is this small group of people who continue to be faithful before God. And that's what we need to do, right? We, the people of God, we don't need to think so much about what others have not done. We have to be focused in our walk with God. We have to wait in hope for the Lord. Let God himself do what is necessary as we wait upon him. 
verses 21 to 22, in him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. May your unfailing love be with us, Lord, even as we put our hope in you. My brothers and sisters in Christ, when we are able to trust God completely, when we are able to trust God fully, what joy it is, isn't it? Even though we might be going through some difficult times, difficult moments in life, but when we are able to trust God, that unspeakable joy, that unspeakable peace that we have in our hearts is so much better than anything else in the world today, right? Better than anything the world can offer us. Let me ask you one thing, right? When is the time that we need to trust the Lord the most? Is it when your life is at the mountaintop or is it when your life is at the bottoms of the sea? Which one? Do you need to trust the Lord more when you are standing at the mountaintop, when your life is good and all that, versus when you are at the bottom of the sea of your life, your life is going through troubles and all that? Which one you need to trust God the most? Which scenario? You know the answer, right? It's easy to trust God when our lives are a bed of roses, we can give thanks to God, no problem. You know, God, thank you for the business. Thank you for health. Thank you for family. I just thank you and I praise you and I trust in you, God. It's easier to do that. But when life is difficult, actually, the more we should trust God, right? It's exactly in the valley of our lives. That's when we need the songs of valleys, right? That's where we need God. We need to know that God is sovereign, God is just, God is loving, God cares. It's exactly those moments that we need to trust. Through the darkest nights, the stars shine the brightest. I believe most of us here, we have uh, went through the storms of our lives, especially for the past two years, right? If not all of us, I think most of us here. Many people lost their job. Many people uh, contracted COVID-19. Um, there are some from my church. There are some from your church, I believe. Many things we wish to do, but we just can't do. Some of us want to fly out, but we still can't, right? So many things we, we don't wish to happen, yet they happen, right? We don't want to forsake, but they forsake. We don't want to lose our beloved ones, but, you know, we lost them. And some of us are going through difficult times, very difficult. My brothers and sisters in Christ, if we put our hope on the things of the temporal, our hope, will also be temporal. You understand? We need to learn to build our hope upon the eternal God so that our joy is eternal, so that our hope is eternal. Why? Because God is eternal. No wonder Paul said to rejoice in the Lord. And I say it again, rejoice in the Lord. You know, Paul went in and out of prison for how many times he was beaten, how many times almost lost his, lost his life, right? But Paul is able to say that rejoice always and rejoice in the Lord. Despite our circumstances, my friends, we can have that peace, that unspeakable joy and peace that come from the Lord. No matter what is our life's uh, situation, circumstances, God is our source of eternal hope. We may not always be happy, about our environment, but we are always rejoicing in the Lord because we know that God 
cares because we know that not only he is sovereign, he's almighty, not only he is just, but he takes care of us, right? He cares because we know that every words that come out of the mouth of God, God will definitely bring them to pass one day. And because of that, we can have that eternal hope in the face of an ever-changing world, ever-changing government, ever-changing circumstances, whatever our situation. Yes, we will be affected in one way or another, but we can know for sure that God protects His own children. So yeah, in conclusion, my friends, indeed, Malaysia is a blessed nation, not so much of what our politicians are doing or not doing, okay? Not so much of whether our official religion is Christianity or not, but rather because God cares. Because God decided that he is the God of all nations. Through Abraham, all nations shall be blessed. God is almighty, ever knowing. God is just as well, right? God's eyes are upon the wicked ones. He watches them. God's eyes are also upon his children. He takes care of his children. He is the sure source of our hope, of our shelter. He is the provider for our daily bread, us who trust in him. I have uh, two questions for reflection. We can spend a bit of time to reflect, maybe for one or two minutes, and then after that, uh, the worship team can, can take over. We will continue with the response on the first question. Are you looking at your surrounding from a temporal or eternal perspective? Think about that. Number two, is if God is truly sovereign and just, don't you think that he's working out his deliverance plan for his people? All right, reflect and respond for one or two minutes in your personal prayer right now. <laughs> 